from baconhound.com and you're listening to off menu the podcast where i talk about food and sometimes not food with the chefs bakers restaurateurs and food producers that do all those things we love this edition of off menu is going to be a little bit different i'm hosting the first food forum which will be a regular feature here on the podcast and will happen every fifth episode these food forums will bring together the best food writers chefs and food fanatics around Edmonton and beyond to chat with me about the latest restaurants, trends, and food-related topics making news today. Joining me on the show today are two of Edmonton's finest food writers. First up is Sharon Yeo, writer of OnlyHereForTheFood.ca. Sharon's food notes are Edmonton's number one resource for keeping up to date with what's going on in the Edmonton food scene. Sharon also happens to be co-founder of Edmonton's immensely popular food truck festival, What the Truck. My second guest is Edmonton Journal food columnist Leanne Falder. Leanne's been breaking news and writing columns on food not only in print, but also on her blog, Eat My Words, and is a fixture on Edmonton's food scene. Wine for this episode generously provided by Gravinder Batia of Vinomania, voted one of Canada's top 20 wine stores. Today's wine is a Joie Farm Rosé from the Okanagan Valley. It's a bright and refreshing rosé with fruity and herbaceous flavors and aromas well-balanced with acidity. You can find it at Vinomania at 114.52 Jasper Ave or at vinomaniawines.com. And now without further ado, here's my interview with Sharon and Leanne. Well, thanks for joining me. Good to be here. You got a glass of wine, the both of you, Sharon and Leanne. Uh, any thoughts on the wine? Well, I'm finding it uh, quite lovely and crisp for a rosé and I'm getting a little bit of apple off it. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sharon? It's not as sweet as some of the other rosés that you can get, so mm-hmm. on uh, this fall day it's... Very nice. I guess, you know, I think of um, rosé as a summer drink, but you're right. <laughs> it works in the fall, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I want to start with talking about, uh, there's been a number of restaurant openings in the last little while, and of course, this year in Edmonton. Do either of you have a favorite as far as the ones you've tried so far? Hmm. For new, for new in 2015? Yeah. I'm excited about uh, the workshop eatery opening next week, actually. But I haven't been there yet. What about you, Sharon? I haven't been there yet either. I think, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see the direction uh, Chef Paul Schufelt takes it now that he has his own venture with yeah. his own name. and yeah. No restrictions. No restrictions, yeah. And some of the kind of sustainability elements he's built around it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see it as well. Yeah. And um, also uh, Daniel Cross's noodle spot, Little Bird Unicetti, Unicetti? Mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. I think that's going to be really interesting. Victoria mm-hmm. style supposed to be he wants it to be really rustic and basic I think so he can maybe make some money <laughs> you know, and not always be working so so hard to do something really fancy in 32 seats mm-hmm. you know which is really which is really hard yeah so, yeah I think uh, I heard somebody say that it's going to be bigger than both the other yeah. restaurants combined yeah. I mean, so that'll be nice seats. But no. I really want it to open so <laughs> what about the Black Pearl have you been to the Black Pearl 
Uh, we went early on in it's after just after they'd opened, uh, so we haven't been back since. But um, we live on the same street, so we always walk by, yeah. and it does seem like it's it's pretty busy. I think so. it's popular. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not, not one lot, I've hit yet. Not but. a lot of call for fresh seafood, really, mm-hmm. so much in the city. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting seeing how they do long term. For fresh yeah. seafood, seems like downtown One of Fourth, One of Fifth Street seems to be the place with uh, with Black Pearl and Sabor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a couple others on my list that I kind of identified as opened recently. Uh, Alberta Hotel and Kitchen recently opened. I don't know if they're still working on a soft opening or whether they're full-fledged open for business I now. I think they are. Business, but I'm not, I haven't yet been in. I haven't been in either. I know that's another one that uh, I want to hit up soon. It's when Tavern 1903 closed. That left such a gap. Yeah. Because yeah. it was such a great consistent place to oh, get yeah. some more upscale. Yeah. but but reasonably priced. And, and kind of casual, like upscale in terms of its quality, but yes. casual in terms of the atmosphere. Yeah. And, you know, Larry Stewart did such a great job, and that's going to be very big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was very approachable food for me. I think the majority of people that go there really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. that that's probably the restaurant that's closed in the last year or so that I miss the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dovetail Deli, have you guys been to that mm-hmm. one yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's a good one for me, too, because I, I always think of Edmonton as being, you know, every new restaurant that opens seems to want to do fine dining. So... I really, really appreciate when somebody opens at a price point that I can actually afford to go to more than once a year. Yes, and also for really good takeout options. Exactly, yeah. that's a really great thing for coming home after work and mm-hmm. just picking up some salads and samosas and whatever he has on yeah. like special. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's got those beautiful craft sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, gotcha. and the other one that's opening soon, any moment now, I think, is the new one by the local omnivore. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Next week. Which will lead us to the new Duchess. Yes. Or we shouldn't call it the new Duchess because it's not actually called Duchess, but yeah, I don't. Do they have a name for it yet? I know mm. I've, I've known about it for ages. Yeah, specializing in breakfast. Oh man, you know you have no idea how many times I mentioned to those guys down there. I'm like, I cannot wait for you guys to open a breakfast place. Yeah, I, yeah. especially that's going to be five minute drive from my house. It's going <laughs> to be great. No, it'll be beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's like you're reading my notes, Leanne, because you're like <laughs> stepping ahead to everything I'm, I'm about your to mind. talk about. Your mind. <laughs> well, that is Another a short book. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody tried Nongbu yet? Mm-mm. Yeah, I've, I've, again, um, it was right after they'd opened, and I, I think we're not the experts. Mac and I aren't experts in Korean food, but we we enjoyed it, and we appreciated the fact that they seemed to focus on the street cuisine of, of Korea. So some of the mm-hmm. things that we found when we were in Seoul, you know, that would would be sold on the streets in stalls. So that was really right. interesting, because unlike maybe some of the other Korean restaurants that specialize in kind of the maybe same old, more same common dishes. Yeah, yeah, the Korean barbecue. Yeah, and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I thought when I saw the menu. Mm-hmm. I, I'm certainly, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not an expert on Korean stuff. I don't, I don't pretend to be an expert on a whole bunch of stuff anyways, but um, you know, any type of Asian cuisine is not something mm-hmm. I'm going to talk and be your, your go-to expert mm-hmm. on, but mm-hmm. I can tell you if I like it or not, and I can tell you whether it seems like it's well done. And that seems like an interesting spot, interesting mm-hmm. flavors, because it, it kind of, it's, it almost reminds me that, Anju is the restaurant in Calgary that I kind of wish that oh, would come here. Like yeah. that's the thing that we're missing. So wonderful. And it's yeah. different cuisine than Anju, mm-hmm. but the flavors will be a little kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, it's getting closer. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't gone to try it yet, but it's definitely high on my list of ones to go check out. Mm-hmm. So there's a few other little places like Little Brick uh, and Wood Racks for coffee. Yeah. Little Brick I've had uh, coffee at as well as brunch, and it was really good and very, very charming. And I'm always, the thing I really like about brunch and breakfast that I'm always impressed by is when chefs do something, you know, different with eggs, because there's only so many variations. And chef at um, at uh, Little Brick does a really great uh, soft-boiled egg that he keeps in a uh, immersion circulator, 
So they're perfectly soft boiled. And then he just puts it on a beautiful piece of baguette with some lovely ham and then puts the egg on top and then pierces it. And then it just drips all mm -hmm. over the meat and baguette. And it's so good. And it's you know, not expensive, you know, quick and easy. It's really inventive. I have great respect for that. Mm -hmm. I like simple food yeah. as a rule. I, I think if you have good ingredients and you just treat them properly and cook them properly, mm -hmm. then you don't need to do a hundred steps to these things. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, egg on toast. If it, if yeah, the egg's done perfectly and the is. toast is good, it's, <laughs> it's great. It's good food. And that one in particular, it's just, it's a nice one because it's nestled in the neighborhood. So charming. Yeah. yeah. It, and, and it's one of those places where you can bring someone who's not from the city and you take them there and they're like, this is, this is impressive. Is it? Yeah. yeah. This, is impressive. this is a cool little spot and yeah. it's, you know, steps away from the river valley and the trail. So you get the joggers coming in, mm -hmm. you get the moms coming in with the strollers. They have a beautiful patio and then they have all those local products too. Yeah. That are really nice to support, and I think great baked goods from Distro Coffee. It's, yeah, it's a great little gem. Mm -hmm. I wonder how it'll do in the winter. That's going to be the mm -hmm. the real telltale, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when when the walking crowd doesn't go anymore, yeah, can you keep less. it going? Yeah. But I think they're trying to do some events and that kind of thing there to bring people in. Yeah, yeah. for another reason other than just for a coffee. Yeah, mm -hmm. and everybody loves events these days, like pop ups. I'm actually surprised how popular pop ups remain because mm -hmm. people like you know people like an event around their eating. Sure. It's fun. It makes it more fun. And millennials in particular, like events around the eating. Well, you kind of add an entertainment aspect to a dinner and, and mm -hmm. you can make a whole night out of it and it's something to look forward to and mm -hmm. it's something different. So yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. um, I I always think there's a, there's a real glut of events like that now, pop-ups that are very, very high priced. And so I I'm keep hoping that somebody's going to do a pop-up. Somebody do a burger pop-up that costs 17 bucks. Yeah, that's and, a great and idea. And the average person can go and do it. Like, I'd love to see a, an interesting, a really good restaurant do burgers mm -hmm. or something like mm -hmm. that as an evening. I think it would be really cool. There's actually, we went to a place in Phoenix that did a, it's a kind of a pub, but once a week they do this TV dinner night. And it was fantastic. It was like brisket, mac and cheese and like mm -hmm. five or six things on this TV dinner. It was 10 bucks. And yeah, that's I don't know if you've crazy. ever been to Phoenix on a Sunday evening downtown. It is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, completely dead. And that place was jam-packed. We actually had to wait to get in. Yeah. But it was a fun little thing. And it, it's not like it's it's not five-star cuisine. But it was really good. And it was mm -hmm. a really good value. And it was a cool atmosphere. That's, I would love to see more stuff like that here. And we've had a, a real um, immersion, too, of uh, restaurant, or pardon me, um, burger Restaurants chain, burger restaurants come into Edmonton. Yeah, Burgers, Street. Priest, and Relish, yeah. to, to name a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I have mean, that, that, again, Burgers, Priest, I haven't been to Relish, have you? Oh, I haven't been to Relish. Burgers, Priest was great. Mm -hmm. Like, good good shakes, like a really nice solid shake, which I really enjoy. But there's, you know, that, it's nice to see, you know, a few different price points in the marketplace. For sure, and a little bit of different cuisine, too, because 124th, at one point for me, that street was really becoming kind of everybody's fine dining destination every restaurant mm -hmm. was was mm -hmm. kind of a higher end and higher price mm -hmm. and so now with uh, burgers uh, not burgers Bruce relish is on there mm -hmm. and we're getting a japanese bistro mm -hmm. opening up next to relish mm -hmm. um and there's a couple other spots on on that street now with dovetail across the road yeah, yeah. Prairie, noodle. prairie noodles coming in prairie noodle too. yeah so it'll become a little more approachable yeah that's true too yeah, which is nice a lot more fun. Yeah. as someone who lives five minutes or ten minute walk from there uh i appreciate that i can walk over there and get Great something that i don't ride. have to spend a week's pay on <laughs> see, the thing I like um, about cultures or cities that have a better developed food culture than we do is that they'll have a, a strip like 124th Street where you'll have some great restaurants, but also cheese shops and, you know, charcuterie mm -hmm. places and a you know, yeah. produce place. And I, I really I look forward to the day when we have more areas that have 
food businesses around, not just restaurants, because that makes it even more interesting. Yeah, I think 124th Street is interesting to me because there's kind of a big gap in between. You know, the the south end of it has got North 53 and and Remedy and and pretty close to that is going to be the Noodle Shop and Credo. Yeah, Credo. And then you've got a couple of blocks in between there where the you know, it's it makes there's it less walkable yeah. where you can't just walk from one because there's a couple Pain blocks where there's not places, much. Yeah. Yeah, and then you hit 107th <laughs> Ave and those two blocks north of one 107th Ave. Fantastic. And mm-hmm. Duchess, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a destination place for me. I, it's the first place I take people when they come into town. If, mm-hmm. if they're open, let's mm-hmm. go to Duchess and get you something. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's the 124 Grand Market, which is so terrific. Yeah. So terrific. That's been a great addition. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. again, every Thursday night, that's our thing now is yeah. to, to get on our bikes if it's not raining and go down yeah. to the market. And we'll have dinner at the food trucks yeah. and we'll, we'll walk around. things. Yeah. Entertainment. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. But for Edmonton, 124th is pretty walkable, right? I mean, yeah, if you think is. about any other city, yeah. any other city, you know, the distance between High Street and, and north of 107 is covered in a heartbeat, right? Yeah, and it's just, right. It, yeah. you're right in the sense that there's not, it's not fully stocked with but it's well food destinations, its but it's getting there. Yeah. And, and yeah. for Edmonton, it's, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, not, it's not yeah. White Ave, kind of, where you can walk and there's something on every block for mm-hmm. you. But I think some of the stores, some of the places I like better than White Ave... White Ave in the evening for me is not really my kind of place. During the day, I love it. Mm-hmm. In the evening, on a Friday night or a Saturday night, it's not really my thing. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a little too old for that now. But uh, no, I think you know, 124th, is, I've, I've heard it described as uh, White Ave for, for adults. Mm-hmm. Where it's, uh, it's not so much kids and bars. It's more nice restaurants and cocktails and that kind of stuff. Which is, you know, depends on what you want. That's, that's pretty good for me because I like cocktails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So of the new eateries, you're, are you both... On the on the page of woodshop eateries, but the one you were most anxious for, woodshop, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. I'm interested to see that too because of a lot of the other aspects around it too. With you know, they're gonna have bees on the roof and all this kind of yeah. stuff. It just he's sounds. Already, he's already got big beds out front for his mm-hmm. his uh, garden next summer, and and then just down, you know, it's nice to also see some good things in the suburbs, right? Sure, some things outside of chains because down also down from woodshop eateries, that new restaurant cured right. charcuterie place, yes. right? And you know, then there's um. Real deal meats, mm-hmm. uh, so that feels like a little a little no there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see a little bit more mm-hmm. on the food scene there too. Because historically, I mean, even even still, I think Edmonton is very centralized. That's where all the best restaurants yeah. are that you that you find yourself recommending. Mm-hmm. It's downtown, it's Old Strathcona, it's one twenty fourth Street. Yeah, St. Albert's taken a leap this year. You know, they got twelve yeah. acres, which is really pretty good, mm-hmm. and um, and now they have another. We'll be opening soon a nineteen. Right. Um, in St. Albert, and then of course there's the new um, Buco. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah, it's taken a bit of a jump. And Taste of Ukraine, I think, does pretty well there too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, we yeah. just went to a, um, a Japanese restaurant the other day uh, that offers ramen on the weekend. That's oh, huge. Yeah, in now right. So yeah, and there was a lineup out the door on Saturday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the ramen thing is really starting to come on like gangbusters, right? Yeah. Prairie Noodle. And then there was another one that opened on the West End recently. Yeah. Um, and that's got some good reviews. And then other restaurants, Japanese restaurants, just adding, you know, more ramen to their menus, which is the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And more Japanese places seem to be opening. We got on Jasper Ave, Izzy is, Izakaya. Izzy, Izzakaya, mm-hmm. yeah. Surprised I didn't butcher that, but. <laughs> he did pretty well. No, it's Icky. It's Icky. 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 Izzy. Izzy. Yeah. What did I call it? Izzy. <laughs> So I did butcher it. <laughs> you have to screw something up. On, but it's interesting, right? Because then, you know, I mean, for so long, Edmonton's perception of Japanese cuisine has been sushi, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the only 
thing that has been accessible to Edmontonians. And then mm-hmm. it brought into, uh, you know, Izakiah with uh, Izakiah Tomo and the South Side being so popular and now to ramen. So mm-hmm. it's really great that we can have and support that diversity in yeah. food and not just have the single... Exactly. The single um, idea of a cuisine. Yeah, it, it kind of speaks to the food culture gaining some momentum here, really, when, when you start to see flavors that Edmontonians don't typically embrace. Yes, yeah. Uh, and now people are really discovering Japanese flavors and going, hmm, you know, this is pretty good. Yeah. Not everything I eat has to be a steak. I can, wow, this is good. And so, even little things, too, in the, in the last year or two that have sort of enriched the food culture, even outside of the direct eating experience. Like, we just had that Relish Film Festival here couple of weeks ago right so it seems that there's more and more um accompaniments right to the food scene here you yeah. know not just food not places to eat but surrounding sort of cultural things and you know more you know, the spice shops and knifeware and just more things that are related to the food scene and don't involve directly eating you know it's great yeah exactly well since we're talking about uh, the food scene and how it's evolving and that kind of stuff every year multiple sources put out their best restaurants in Canada list, the best 50, the top 100 or whatever. And there's there's quite a few that put out these lists that are national publications. Edmonton restaurants rarely, if ever, appear on these lists. Mm-hmm. You know, you might get the occasional Corso 32 making Range in road. the bottom of the mm-hmm. top 50 kind of thing. Why do you think Edmonton kind of gets shortchanged on those lists? What, what are we not doing or what what's wrong with the Edmonton food scene that we're not on these lists? That's I don't get it. Nothing wrong with the scene at all. It's just the way those things are set up. You know, it's, it's people, it's, there's a... One called Where to Eat in Canada, right? It's just who the judges know. Um, It's where they travel. Edmonton doesn't tend to be on the travel circuit as much Mm -hmm. as Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, Halifax. Right. Um, I don't think that those those best of lists do a very good job of seeking judges from different communities. Mm -hmm. They they do that quite poorly. Mm -hmm. So it's really not to do with Edmonton. It's really to do with the way those uh, lists are organized. And unfortunately... You know, Calgary just hogs all the limelight, and that's where, you know, and there's more money there. I mean, when Calgary just did that big Cook It Raw thing, and that was organized through, sponsored a lot through Visa, whose office is there, and, you know, their head people are there, and so it's the 13 chefs from Calgary and the three from Edmonton. I mean, it's where the money is landing, Mm -hmm. I think. And I know, you know, I, I agree with you, Leanne. I think um, it helps that so many direct flights go through Calgary. Yeah. So people yeah. get that exposure. Yeah. And, and they read, you know, where should I go if I have a layover here mm-hmm. and, and so on. But So this is Air Canada's <laughs> <laughs> Blame it I on knew Air that it would all come back to Air Canada. <laughs> but I think also, I mean, Edmontonians in general just have a bit of an inferiority complex, right? I mean, like we're surprised when we end up on one of those lists or we're surprised when a, a national paper says, hey, we have the best bakery or we yeah. have the best yeah. Italian restaurant or, or whatever. Right, I think we have to stand up and say yes, we have the we best. Knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being surprised and sharing that, I mean, of course, it's great to get accolades and national attention and regional attention, but I think we just have to say yes, we, you know, we've known it for all this time. Mm-hmm. It's really too bad that it took you this long to yeah. realize that we are as good as we are, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an extension of Edmonton's mindset historically, anyways. Really, like nobody likes to complain about where we live as much as Edmontonians. Well, the yeah. weather and everything, and unfortunately, that kind of breeds that that attitude from people who haven't even been here. I know lots of people who haven't been here and they think, Oh my God, Edmonton, why would you Well, come and have a look? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I was part of uh, a crew that kind of went around and showing a couple of tourists around Edmonton this summer with Edmonton tourism. And so one guy from Amsterdam and, and a woman from London and they were having a great time. The guy from Amsterdam is already making plans to come back next year for the fringe. He loved mm-hmm. it here. Yeah. He was having a great time. He's like, why, why are you guys complaining about this? Because, you know, you'd get a bus driver or somebody or, or a flight attendant on the flight over here. And they're going, eh, I don't know. You know, because they don't know anything about Edmonton. Yeah. 
And that's it's a great city. Yeah. It's a it's a misconception that you mm-hmm. got to get over, and, and that's really hard once that. you get that in somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, a couple friends that were in Newfoundland recently, and they were touring a bunch of really highly acclaimed restaurants, restaurants that tend to appear on these lists quite often. Mm-hmm. And I found it very interesting because I was reading their Facebook posts, and they were they were talking about how they've in the last few days been to a number of these restaurants, and they commented that the best restaurants in Edmonton were much better than the ones that were getting a lot of accolades. Mm-hmm. So clearly these guys are doing, you know, Newfoundland and they're clearly doing something that we aren't here in Edmonton to, to get this notoriety for their good restaurants. Is there something more that we need to be doing as food writers? Is there a responsibility there for us to be doing anything? Well, I think if you, if you get local writers approaching um, those national organizations too, you know, I approached Where to Eat in Canada about being the judge here. And it was very interesting because it was a very confusing scene. I, I did it one year and, and uh, Edmonton made the top 50 list because I was pushing some things forward because there was virtually nobody here who was even, even putting that out there. And then the very next year, they came back and said, yeah, this year we're going to need judges that have not only eaten in Edmonton, but all across the country. So you actually can't be a judge unless you're eating coast to coast. I never eaten Halifax, never been to Halifax. Yeah. So, oh, you know, so again, I think it's how these things are organized. And mm-hmm. yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's something that we can do. We can push ourselves forward, but it's difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's... It's hard, right? Because, I mean, those lists want to, to make sure that they, they seem like they're fair to all parts of Canada. We're a huge mm-hmm. country, right? We mm-hmm. have such is, diversity right. in cuisines. And, and great distances. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's we've been living in Calgary shadow for some time. And, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, if you live in the East, you see a restaurant from Calgary on that list. Okay, Calgary must be standing for all of Alberta, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think Which more than anything, we yeah. have to, you know, make it known that we are equal, mm-hmm. if not better sometimes than some of the restaurants that are in Calgary. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure what we have to do to get to that next level, but... Um, I think we could do a better job of bringing more food writers here too. But maybe a person yeah. um, could be taking that on because I know Calgary has done that. I've been on food tours to Calgary and if Edmonton would bring food writers here uh, show them around a bit I think that would be a big help too yeah for sure mm-hmm. I totally agree on that mm-hmm. um, you know getting the right people outside of Edmonton it's, it's fine for people in Edmonton to talk about these places but it doesn't ring as loud as when you bring somebody else in yeah. and they for talk some, about for sure this weekend did you notice in the Globe Alexander Gill was in Calgary mm-hmm. Calgary won you know one of those uh, top 10 uh, on magazine's best new restaurants yeah, yeah. pigeonhole so that was a very great, great excuse for Alex Gill from the Golden Mail to head into Calgary mm-hmm. and do a big thing on the scene there. Right. So, you know, she could also come here. And when, you know, when, when last year, for instance, when we had someone on that same top 10 list, then that would have been a good opportunity. So I think, I do think the city has to do a little bit of promotion on its own and be a bit aggressive about trying to get yeah. writers to come here. I think some of the restaurants in Edmonton aren't the greatest at blowing their own horns either. You know, definitely that's what I notice about Calgary. The restaurants in Calgary... They, they don't really seem very shy to tell you that they think, think they're great restaurants. Restaurants in Calgary have public relations <clears throat> firms that represent them too. I mean, here in Edmonton, I think there might be a handful of restaurants, at most half a dozen, yeah. that have public relations firms that represent them, and it makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. But and sometimes I'm not convinced in, a, in the best way, no. always, because then you get the public relations hype machine going about some restaurant, and you think, I, I, that's not the one I would be focusing on if I was yep. talking about the best but, you know, that comes hand in hand, right? If you want right? to highlight, want to get profile, if you want to yes. get your name out there, it does help. Yeah. You know, like for me, Corso 32, it's my favorite restaurant in Edmonton for sure. Uh, that's the place I go most often where I, I think, man, that was just a fantastic meal start yeah. to finish. And so when I try, I look at that list and one of the lists that came out this year had um, Joe Beef in Montreal, number two on their list. And I think Corso might not even have been on the list at all in top 50 or whatever. 
I'm thinking, okay, I've eaten at both of those places. Mm -hmm. But I feel exactly the same way when I leave Corso 32 as I did when I left Joe Beef. It's top notch. Mm -hmm. So that one is number two on the list. And Corso's not even on it. But uh, I think, unfortunately, here, there's a... There's a large segment of the food population here that is still a little bit stuck in that average food is great kind of mentality, mm-hmm. which drives me a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, stop talking about the place that's just average mm-hmm. or average at best and talk about the best places. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that you want people to come and try. But, you know, what are you going to do? Who, what restaurants would you put on the list here for Edmonton? Well, you know, Hardware Grill still is probably... One of the top restaurants in town. Mm-hmm. And Range Road, of course. Yeah, Range mm-hmm. Road. Yeah, of course, yeah, 32. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Bar Brico, and I know it's a wine bar and not a full-service restaurant, but uh, I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think Jan uh, Trittenbach's Solstice is a, is a very good restaurant as well. He's a very, very good chef. I think he did some cool things there. Yeah, he won gold medal plates this year, right? Yeah. yeah, so Ryan and Ryan O'Flynn, there's another one, though, that's a, a chef that gained a little notoriety here for winning gold medal plates, and he's gone now, right? He's gone off to Toronto or wherever he's going. Yeah, but it's he too might bad. be back. Yeah. He might be back, might be yeah. back. yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. He's working for, you know, the firm that's the consultant in the in the ICE district, so right. they're opening up a big hotel restaurant there um, sometime in the next couple of years, so he may be coming back to, to helm that. And look yes. at Dale McKay, goes back to Saskatoon, right. opens these places, and now they're nationally mm-hmm. recognized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, too. That's right. So too. big name guys can actually go mm-hmm. the other route. Mm-hmm. Switching gears a little bit, Christmas is coming up fast, a little too fast for some of us. <laughs> I'd like to get a couple of suggestions from you both on what you'd say if you have a food mm-hmm. lover on your Christmas list, what would you suggest for a gift? So I, I love doing putting together baskets of, of mm-hmm. local products especially if uh, the people I'm giving the gift to aren't from here and they didn't really know you know what is available in Edmonton so what we've put in there before are um, we've put uh, the pancake mixes from Gold Force oh, Grains right yeah we've put uh, jam from different jam makers like Sherbrooke mm-hmm. or the jam lady mm-hmm. or the jam lady mm-hmm. yeah but condiments from Transcend yeah. or Phil and Sebastian's in Calgary mm-hmm. um, and we've done other things too so uh, one year we, we did buy someone a beer club membership from Sherbrooke which is great because oh, they get yeah. a selection of yeah. beers from a local liquor mm-hmm. store or anything by Jacqueline Jacek or yeah. a chocolate bar, yeah. yeah. Some truffles from Jacqueline Jasek, yes. Yeah. Um, she's got that beautiful advent calendar out this year. Yeah. And I've already bought two to give to, to give out. Yeah, I've got one too. Yeah. Yeah. For you or for, for a kid? Uh, well, for Robin. Okay. Let's call a spade a spade here. I'll get, a, I'll get to look at them probably. <laughs> I love those beautiful charcuterie boards by Jeffrey Lilt. Mm. They are stunning. On our table. Yeah, yeah, on our table, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, fantastic. It's like you guys were reading my notes again because I was going to say, like, I, I love the idea of gifts that don't go in the garbage and so they're consumable and food mm-hmm. gifts and that. And um, you know, we have, now we have, I think we have four different oil and vinegar shops in the city. So mm-hmm. that's a fantastic gift, I think. It's a really nice selection of oils and vinegars and other sort of condiments that are fancy. Mm-hmm. You bet. Very nice. And you, so, you can do gift certificates too for mm-hmm, some, some places mm-hmm. that aren't just, yeah, like you said, maybe go to waste or get forgotten. And yeah. I know I've received and I've given gift certificates from Irving's before. And I think once you introduce oh, wow. people to their bacon or their sausages, yeah. people never go back, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, I had I had no idea they had did gift certificates. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a good did. idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my Silk, favorite bacon. Silk Road Spice Company is a wonderful place to go for looking for gifts as well because everything is so lovely and fresh and there's so much variety. And it's such a feast for the senses just to go in there and wander around. Yeah, we were in there yesterday and, of course, you know, I'm sniffing every jar in there and there's hundreds. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable and it smells awesome in there. But, of course, you're smelling too many and you take big, too big of a sniff on the chili powder and... Yeah, 
that's it. You're done. Uh, the rest of the afternoon was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A couple I would throw on the food basket list, McKernan Foodworks Apple Cider Vinegar from Alan Sudeby. Oh, no, if you I haven't never tried had that, that. Oh, man, that is good stuff. Where do you get that? Uh, they sell it at Little Brick um, oh, okay. and Dovetail as well. Oh, there okay. might be a couple more spots. I'm yeah. not 100% sure. but What I'll... that great um, ketchup that... Uh... Drift's ketchup yeah, is on my list. Too. Does it, yeah. yeah, that's a really great thing to take for a hostess mm-hmm. gift or something. Yeah. Uh, Famoso's tomato sauce. I know Famoso's um, a pizza chain, but yeah. their, their tomato sauce is pretty good. You can buy that mm-hmm. to take home. Uh, and for the cocktail up on your list, there's locally made bitters from State Motto. Mm, so, right. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you always need a few cocktails to get through family Christmas. Let's, let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can stick around and help the people use it. It's very friendly to do Yeah. That. Strategic gift giving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to move on to something I do in the end of every podcast called the Popcorn Round. Kind of rapid fire question and answers. Just the words rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, just it's true. Me so upset. Right. Have some more wine. <laughs> well, if you listen to Don't past like episodes, you'll know that I am the worst at rapid fire anything. It's like rapid fire question, and it's a five minute answer. For me. All right, who wants to who wants to go first? Sharon, I'm looking sure. at you. Right. Uh, least favorite type of cuisine. So I love uh, Japanese izakaya food. Um, I'm not a fan of sushi, so I often get requests from, you know, where's the best sushi restaurant, and I, I don't have a recommendation because I don't eat sushi. <laughs> yeah. But I love izakaya food. The, the cooked pub food is, is my favorite, but I don't eat sushi. And we'll start with you on this one, Leanne. Uh, most underrated restaurant in Edmonton? Mm, maybe the Mark. I don't know. What do you think? But I, it's my, let me say it's my favorite restaurant. Let's just put it that way. It's okay. my favorite restaurant if you look at all aspects of dining. It's not uh, well, to on me, everybody's lips. Underrated doesn't mean unknown. Mm. To me, it means it maybe doesn't get as much love as you think it should. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with the mark on that list. Sharon? I really love Cafe Amore. I know, I know oh, we get a yeah. lot of love locally because the family has been generations all in Edmonton. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's, really, it's really central. I think people don't think of it. Yeah. And I think to go back to what you were talking about, Phil, of kind of average food, I think... You know, there are a lot of Italian chains around mm-hmm. and people often go there instead yep. of going to some of the really local, uh, lovely family-owned places that we have. And Cafe Mori is great. You know, yeah. I never leave there unhappy. Like, no. it's just a great experience all around. And they're and so warm. And to be honest with you, when you're talking about value, uh, that's one of my biggest picks for value is their $10 daily pasta. Oh, that's crazy. It rotates every weekday. Yeah. I don't even care what it is. I'll just go and get the 10, give me the $10 pasta. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're starting with Sharon on this one. If you could add one talent to your repertoire, what would it be? Uh, so I've, I've been starting to drink wines over the last little while, but I don't know if I have the skills to really, to really know what wine to recommend. And, and often for me anyway, prices is, is dictating what I pick up from the shelves and, mm-hmm. and what I purchase off a wine list. And I know, you know, I've consulted with, if it's a finer restaurant, the sommelier, but Right. You know, I know just coming back from Europe, there were a lot of great varietals that I had no idea if it was even a red or a white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed that I don't know wine as well as I probably should. But anyway, that's something I'd love to learn more about yeah. is, is wine. Yeah. All right. Leah? But belly dancing. I'm thinking that belly I dancing. add that to my repertoire. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. okay. Well, uh, work on it and we'll start the YouTube channel and we'll have you on again. Belly dancing. I did not see that coming. <laughs> uh, Leanne, is a hot dog a sandwich? Perhaps so. It's a piece of meat between two pieces of bread. So, yes. Yes? I would say yes, too. <laughs> two yeses. Oh, man, that is not right. Hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> I heard that Frank's was opening a sit-down restaurant. That Frank's is opening a sit-down okay. restaurant in Edmonton. Really? Yeah. 
no, no longer sort of relegated to the curb. Yeah, well, that'll be, be interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Sharon, the first place you take visitors to eat when they come to town? We've taken a lot of people to Range Road, so that's probably the one that comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. Duchess. Yeah. Duchess? Yeah, I like to go there for a coffee and a sweet. Can't argue with either one of those, really. A little visit to provisions, too. The last song you listened to on your iPod? What about a meditation CD? <laughs> Uh, I listened to Hello, my Adele. Okay. That just came out. So. I'm taking offense to Leanne's answer. She had to meditate before she came over here. Sharon, rate your own cooking skills on a scale of 1 to 10. What are you supposed to say? Nine. Four? I go with nine. Just say nine. Yeah, say, say, say ten. Nine. And then we'll just let all you the chefs in town respond to that. I would say four. I mean, I, I can follow a recipe. and I'm a good cook. Yours. I'm a good cook. I'm an enthusiastic cook. What I'm doing lately, what I'm thinking about a lot lately is trying to make it easier because I'm also a stressed cook. My fault, actually, is in uh, entertaining is always trying new recipes that, oh, that first time oh, when yeah. I'm going to prepare for people coming. I, I know it's something you're not supposed to do, but I'm like, I get so excited because I say, oh, like, you know, if I'm trying to cook for people and I know what their tastes are, I'm, I want to try to make something that they're going to like. And, and I'm the opposite extreme. I, I tend to go with my favorites way too much and my friends will tease me. Are we having lasagna again? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sharon, do you eat mac and cheese with a fork or a spoon? A fork. Leanne? Spoon. Celebrity chef you'd most like to have cook for you? Oh, that's so easy. Jamie Oliver. I love him. I is love it, him is it food related or just because he's cute? Well, he's charming and cute, but I also, I really respect and admire his um, social conscience, you know, and his, his uh, various campaigns that he's had in place to bring better foods to, to British schools and, you know, heightening awareness of, uh, you know, good cooking techniques and so on. I think he's, I think his heart's in the right place. Sharon? I've had time to think about it, and I still am kind of He's still a, a still little blind? bit of a blank. Yeah, I I mean, Michael and, and Anna Olsen, mm-hmm. they were such lovely people. Yeah, they are. And so down to earth, yeah. and, and yeah. just, you know, a, and such, and they such appreciate, nice yeah, they just appreciate food so much that, mm-hmm. you know, not only the kind of cooking aspect, but also just kind of social aspect, and knowing that a conversation with them isn't exactly intimidating, yeah. I think that would be mm-hmm. lovely. Yeah. yeah. They, they very much struck me as a couple who just enjoys doing things together yeah which adds to the they whole experience like they're having right? fun in the kitchen absolutely yeah uh who are we at here sharon i think right uh who's the coolest person you know you can't say your spouse <laughs> phil you're pretty cool oh yes so it's about time somebody mentioned <laughs> but no but no that's not really true i'm totally driving well i'm gonna say you i know is sharon and that's that's that no yeah. one else could be cooler i was gonna try and whisper in your ear Say Leanne. <laughs> uh, Leanne, biggest misconception about food writers? That they're gourmet cooks. I don't think, you know, some of them are for sure, um, but sometimes they're not. Sharon? Um, I think there's a misconception that all food writers love fine dining. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I know personally, I know that's kind of, you know, when you start to have a bit more money to spend or, or you start to learn about the food scene, those are the restaurants that you go after, right? And you yeah. want to have that experience of, you know, a, a several course meal and, and have wine pairings and things like that. But, and I enjoy those, of course, when they, when they come around, but I think I enjoy the kind of comfortable, more casual atmosphere yes. now. Yeah. If I'm choosing to spend my own money and, yeah. and paying for uh, a meal, I, I think I don't generally tend to prefer the, yeah. the fine dining aspect. I think yeah. I, I, personally enjoy a bit more just okay i'm gonna enjoy the time with the company that i have and mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be fancy right 
One word that you would use to sum up the Edmonton food scene. I forget where we're at, so whoever wants to blurt one out, go ahead. Virginia. Uh, optimistic. Virginia and optimistic. There we go. Those are good ones. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to throw in mine. I would say evolving. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to finish up. You guys need some more wine? I think I'm good. Yeah. We're all good all to right go. As well. mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thanks to Sharon Yo and Leanne Falder for coming on the show and chatting with me. Check the show notes at baconhound.com for links to their website, and you'll also find links to our sponsor, Beanomania, as well as today's wine from Joie Farms. Special thanks as always to Mrs. Glass for providing the theme music for Off Menu. Check them out on the iTunes store. Until next time, remember, life's too short to eat shitty food.